Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. What I want to preach on today from the Word of God, I, I, somehow I feel that it's not going to come across as excited and as strong as I want it to, so I'm going to pray and then we're going to get going. Lord, I ask that you would take what you're speaking in your word this morning and help us to really see it and help us to really feel it and be stirred up to trust you more. There's a lot of fear in this passage and there's a lot of fear in this sanctuary right now. There's a lot of discouraged people in this passage and there's a lot of discouraged people in this sanctuary right now. And I just ask that you would help us to trust you, to not quit, and to keep going, empowered by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. I once read a book about Elon Musk, who is behind a variety of endeavors like SpaceX. Uh, they send rockets to the moon and to, hopefully to Mars one day, and they hope to put a colony there. He's also uh, part of Solar City, which creates and manages solar energy for residential and commercial properties. And of course, you probably know Elon Musk the most uh, because of the Tesla electric car. Now, as I was reading this book, it's basically a book about all this stuff that Elon dreams up and all the opposition and challenges that he faced from government regulators to angry investors and delays and projects and materials and employee uprisings and personal setbacks. And then he's got his own personal issues. And, and it's basically how he overcomes all of these to follow his dreams. Now, Many of you have had a variety of dreams in your life. You may still have dreams and visions. And as you have attempted to walk in those, you may notice that you have a variety of challenges and pushback and discouragements. And a lot of you even have these visions that we would call kingdom visions where you feel called by God to obey in certain areas to pull off a grand vision that God's called you to do. And maybe you have felt a variety of discouragements and setbacks and challenges. It may be personal setbacks. It may be some interactions with others that has been discouraging. But all of us at one time or another have faced some type of what we would call opposition. Now, I don't know if you ever thought about this. Because this is not a terribly charismatic church too much that I've noticed, Right? And so we don't often talk about these things as much as we should. But I want to let you know something. There is an enemy of your soul. The God of this age, Satan and his demons, they're against you. In fact, they're against you on a daily basis. And you might want to come up to me and talk about so-and-so was, you know, you saw an exorcism or you saw a demon possession. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about stuff almost worse than that. The daily subtle attacks on, of the enemy on your soul to deceive you, discourage you, distract you, 
And a lot of times we don't even pay attention. It just happens. We, we think about, we try to do great kingdom endeavors. We're going to go take a mission trip and then the enemy's going to attack us. But a lot of that stuff happens on a daily basis. And so here's the premise I want to lay out before you. It goes something like this. And this is how I want to encourage you today. That God, I want you to be aware that God of its age, and I want you to know that as you attempt great things for God or simply trying to follow him, you will encounter consistent satanic opposition. I am not joking. I'm not making that up. It's throughout the Bible. Those who are attempting great things for God or if you're just simply trying to follow him on a daily basis will encounter consistent satanic opposition. And you may think, well, I just read a whole passage, Nehemiah. I didn't see Satan in there. Just know that Satan is behind trying to thwart the kingdom of God. And we do not wrestle with flesh and blood. There's something else going on here. And so this morning, we're going to look at, at chapter 4 of, of Nehemiah. And for those of you who have not been with us, it's really simple. The Jews are trying to build up the destroyed walls of their city in Jerusalem. Nehemiah has come. He has surveyed the damage. He has got the work going again on the walls. They're working in unity. And now they're going to face some pushback, some attacks from some local leaders who are trying to upend their work. And just to keep us organized this morning, we're going to go through external opposition. We're going to look at some internal opposition. And then we're going to look at what does it mean to actually build and battle at the same time. Let's do this. Chapter 4, verse 1. Now, it came about when Samballot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious and very angry and mocked the Jews. Samballot, some type of city administrator, or governor of the area. And as he sees the walls being rebuilt, he feels like it's kind of encroaching upon his authority and probably his finances. He's likely profiting in some way with the walls being down. And as the walls are going up, he is furious and very angry. And he begins to mock the Jews. You can think about Goliath mocking David or people mocking Jesus on the cross. Verse 2. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was near him and he said, even what they're building, if a fox should jump on it, he would break their stone wall down calls these Jews feeble and he mocks them. And he says, what are they going to rebuild from this scrap? His sidekick, Tobiah, thinks it's funny to make a joke on how a little fox can knock over the wall. They're just bullies and they're piling it on. And I don't know about you, but when people start piling stuff on me and negative, try to break me down, I get discouraged. I feel fear. I feel anxiety. I feel despondency. Sometimes I want to run away. But look at Nehemiah's response, verse 4. Hear, O our God, how we are despised. Return their approach on their own heads and give them up for plunder in a land of captivity. Do not forgive their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out before you, for they have demoralized the builders. This is a prayer like one of those psalms you would read 
about the psalmist praying for God to bring down upon the enemy's head what they have intended to do to them. Just like Jerusalem was turned into land of plunder and captivity, Nehemiah prays that judgment would now fall upon the enemies of God. And he goes as far to pray that God won't forgive them nor wipe out their sin. Now, before you start calling down fire upon your enemies, just know that our motives are not always the purest when we pray for our enemies because we're not only to pray for our enemies, we're to pray also for their salvation, but we can also pray for God's justice to be done. Now let's continue. Verse six. So he built the wall and the whole wall was joined together half its height for the people had a mind to work. So the people, they're cranking. They're getting this wall up. Opposition's coming, but they got a mind to work. And it's so often as the people of God ramp up the kingdom work, the enemies ramp up as well. Verse seven. Now when Samballot, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashadites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on, and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry. All of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. Walls coming together, the gaps are being closed, and the enemies are very angry. As I said before, those attempting great things for God or simply trying to follow him will encounter consistent satanic opposition. Opposition is nothing new you see in the Old Testament. Opposition is nothing new you see in the New Testament. Opposition to the Lord's work exists today. Second Timothy tells us, In chapter 3, verse 12, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Do not be surprised by satanic opposition and pushback. And yet somehow, I get surprised. In 2008, my wife and I felt called by the Lord to move in the direction of adoption. And we had a friend who helped us get connected with an agency that they were working at. And when you get Going down this road of adoption, you've got to go through an agency. They've got to do a home study. It's big, a lot of paperwork. So we had the owner of this company coming to our house to meet us before we started the home study. She's sitting, I still remember, she's sitting on our red couch. My wife and I are sitting together. And she's like, so tell us, tell me, why, why do you want to adopt? And then I started talking about, well, you know, in the gospel, the father adopts us and it changes us and we have a heart for the vulnerable and we just want to step out there and and consider adoption and and bring and, and welcome the child into our family. And so we're just giving this very logical explanation. And it's as if at that moment, the woman switched and she got all demonic on us and she started going off on us. She started berating us and belittling us and even making fun of us and even calling us unfit parents. I mean, we're just trying to build the wall and Sam Ballot on the red couch is messing with us. And in times you don't think, you think I'm trying to do something that's, I guess the word tells me to do, it should be fine. And then you get this opposition. And what are you supposed to do? That's what, that's what Nehemiah is like. I'm building the walls. I'm doing a good thing, bringing glory to God. What am I supposed to do when the, when the opposition comes? And the answer is in verse nine. But we prayed to our God. Right then, he went to prayer. 
Went to prayer. Opposition is coming. Went to prayer. And I read something this week. I've got to share this with you. I was reading, you don't have to turn there, but I was reading it in Psalm, Psalm 109. And the psalmist there is under verbal attack, right? So verbal attack is coming on the psalmist in Psalm 109. And the English translation says that as soon as the attack is coming, the English translation says, but I give myself to prayer. So he's, he's being attacked verbally. People are coming against him, even internal opposition. And he says, but I give myself to prayer. And then there's a footnote. And I looked at the footnote at the very bottom and it says the Hebrew literal says, I am prayer. That's good. And that will preach that in the midst of opposition that I say, I'm going to give myself to pray. No, I am prayer. I'm going to be all about prayer. Prayer is what I'm about. I'm going to seek my father's face. Things may be falling apart. People may be attacking me. I am prayer. That's really good. So as we go to the Lord in prayer, we also keep doing obedience or we keep building. Let's keep looking, all right? We're gonna go back to, now we're gonna look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. So not only do we have external opposition, we also have internal opposition. These are people within their own camp who are being critical. Verse 10. But we pray to our God, okay, Verse 10, thus in Judah, it was said, the strength of the burden bearers is failing. This is internal talk. Yet there is much rubbish and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall, internal talk. Our enemies said they will not know or see until we come among them, kill them and put a stop to the work. Still internal talk. Verse 12, when the Jews who live near them came and told us 10 times, they will come up against us from the very place where you may Turn. Then I stationed man in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall and exposed places, and I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. My brothers and sisters, I want to tell you this. I've been in pastoral ministry 24, 25 years, whatever. I'll tell you this. There is nothing more discouraging than in-house negative talk. I will... People can attack from the outside all they want. But when the church starts getting negative and starts saying, we can't do this, as they're saying here, we're going to be killed. In fact, it says that this talk kept on happening. People would come into the town and talk to the builders and say, hey, you better get out of here. We're about to be killed. Come on, come, come back home. Come back to the countryside. They did this 10 times. That's crazy. My close friend, he was an executive pastor at my last church in the Chicago area. He moved there with his family. We're close to his family. He moved there with his family of five from Minnesota. And when he moved down there, he couldn't sell his house in Minnesota. So he had to bop around to a variety of rentals for a long time. And during that time, he had two horrific car accidents. He's very discouraged. He comes down from Minnesota to Chicago, can't sell his house. His cars keep crashing. And then a woman in our church went up to him and said, I have a prophecy from the Lord. And she said, the reason why your house is not selling is because you're not supposed to be here. I'm like, well, why does that stuff happen? You're getting attacked from the outside 
And then you have some eternal stuff going on. You're like, what in the world? And I don't know how it's, how it's worked in your life, but there, there are times in my life where I feel like there's so much going on coming at me. And even in my own heart and my own mind, I get discouraged. I start feeling the attacks and the accusations of the enemy. And I, and I really don't know what to do. And I, this is how I feel sometimes. I, I, I got to show you a picture. Can I show you? I've showed you before to some of you. Do we have that picture? I want to show this picture. All right. I've showed this before to some of you. All right. By the way, this was in our church office at the, the last building that we were renting. Someone left it behind and we kept it up. It was so cool. And for those of you who can't uh, see this on the radio or podcast, let me re- re- explain it to you. Okay, there's a boy. He has a sword in his hand. I don't know if you can see it. And he's up in a tree. And he's probably up there because there is a lion. You see the lion down below. Apparently... When he was up in the tree, he encountered a huge snake. You see the snake? And he used the sword to cut off the snake's head. I don't know if you can see that. All right? So the branch he is holding onto has snapped off, and he's about to fall into the water where a crocodile is waiting below. How many of you feel like that? Yeah, I'm all good. The lion's coming after me. All right, I'm up in this tree. Oh, now there's a snake. I cut off his head. Oh, now the branch broke, and I'm doomed. I mean, seriously, it can be coming at us from the outside. It can be coming at us from the inside, in our, our mind, in our hearts, and we, we get all messed up, and we're totally discouraged, and we lose focus. Look at the focus of Nehemiah, verse 14. When I saw their fear... I arose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Nehemiah is like, do not be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. God has been faithful before He'll be faithful again. Is there anyone in here that can say, God has been faithful before? Anybody? If you believe that God has been faithful before, you have to believe and you must believe and step out of faith and know that God's going to be faithful again. He has rescued you before. He will rescue you again. It's not a time to flee. It's not a time to fret. But it is a time to fight. I am calling you to fight with not the weapons of this world, but the weapons of the word of God. And we're going to see him talking about building and battling. Before we learned about praying and planning, but let's look at some building and battling, how we are to fight in the Lord's power. Verse 15. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his work. From that day on, listen to this, half of my servants carried on the work while the other half them held the spears and shields, bows and the breastplates, and the captains were behind the whole house of Judah. Those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens took their load with one hand doing the work and the other holding a weapon. As for the builders, each wore his sword girded at his side as he built while the trumpeter stood near me. 
said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive. We are separated on the wall, far from one another. And whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Let's talk about some cool work, right? I got my sword. I got my tool all in one hand. Is that a wonderful imagery? I'm going to do the work on the wall, and I got this sword. The enemy comes by. I'm going to take him out. The trumpeter's ready. We're all going to gather, and we're going to fight. We're going to be this together. I'm holding because I'm going to be building, and I'm going to be battling. Building with the tool, battling with the sword. What imagery. Amazing. Well, finish it up. Finish it up. Verse 21. So we carried on the work with half of them holding spears from dawn until the stars appeared. At that time, I also said to the people, let each man with his servants spend the night within Jerusalem so they may be guard for us by night and laborer by day. So neither I, my brothers, my servants, nor the men of the guard who follow me, none of us removed our clothes. Each took his weapon even to the water. Round the clock endeavor. They are on guard 24 hours a day. The working and guarding by day and the guard is still up at night. They kept their gear on 24-7. They're building and battling, sword in one hand, tool in the other. And for us, this is what it looks like. We battle. We battle with the word of God. We battle in prayer. I am prayer. I am prayer. We get into the word and we battle with the truth of the promises of the word of God. We hide them in our heart, we call out to him, and we fight. And when the arrows come our way, we put up our shield. It knocks the arrows down, the shield, right, of faith. And the sword is the word of the Lord. We are in a spiritual battle. You may think that the reason why we encourage you to have a daily quiet time, just to refresh your soul, dude, you're in a battle. Woman, you're in a battle. We are not messing around here. This is war. We're not just kicking back, relaxing on the beach, put our blanket out, have a little Devo, the sun's going down. No, we are in a battle. Absolute battle. There is a war going on. And we battle. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, so that no advantage will be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. Are you ignorant of the schemes of Satan? No, we should know. He's coming at us. He's coming at us. But we're not scared. We're not afraid. He's not going to trick us. Well, what does it look like that Satan's coming at us? Well, he's an accuser. Revelation 21.10 says, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. Just like Nehemiah and his crew had accusations thrown at them, so do we. Satan, his enemies, will tell you lies. I don't know how it works. I don't know how it comes to you. But there's times that you feel accused. That not only have you done wrong, but you are wrong that God somehow does not love you, that you've done something that has removed you too far from his grace. There are these accusations. There are even some in here right now who don't know Jesus and you believe the lie of the enemy that you're too far gone, that Jesus somehow died on the cross for nice people. He didn't die for nice people. He died for rebellious sinners. I'm number one. That's why he died. 
So if you're here this morning saying, I can't come to God because I'm messed up too bad. No, that's a lie of the enemy. You can come to God through Jesus Christ right now. You can put your faith in Christ right now. No matter what you've done, you can repent and believe in Jesus. And not only do we need to be battling, but we need to keep on building. We need to keep taking steps of faith, doing what God has called us to do. Because I know there's things that God's called you to do that you're kind of putting behind you right now. Maybe God's called you to have a hard conversation. You're like, I'm going to put that conversation off. Don't put it off. God's calling you to obedience in a variety of areas that you may be putting off because it's going to be too hard. But you've got to be battling and building. I once I talked to this girl in my last church. She's like, man, I have so much messed up in my life right now. I got this situation and that situation, and I, and I just don't know what to do. And I said, all right, you don't know what to do overall, but do you know what to do next? And I say that to you. You may not have a grand plan of where you're going, but do you know what to do next? There is a step of obedience that you can take today, and you know what it is. Don't think of the long-range plan or the long-range of how it's going to work out. Just take the next step of obedience today and see where that goes. You've got to be battling and also building. And let the truth hit you once again. That says those attempting great things for God or simply trying to follow him will encounter consistent satanic opposition. Now, I had a plan. I had this story and I had this illustration I was going to bring to you. It goes something like this, that all those who are getting baptized today, it's going to be one of the greatest days of your life. But don't be surprised if something accusatory happens to you during the week. That's what I was planning on saying. But what I'm going to say now is that we had a group of people ready to be baptized at the lake today. And that number has been cut in half. Stuff has happened. People have got sick. People have ended up at the hospital. There's been a a lot of crazy stuff where that number's been cut in half. And I just want to say before all of you right now, before our God and Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, I want to say right now to the enemy who I'm sure can hear us, right? I'm just going to say, we will reschedule. We will. You might not be today, but we're going to do those baptisms. We've got half we're going to do today, but we will reschedule. The enemy will not take us out. The enemy will not discourage us. For here is the last part of that truth I want to say is this. Those attempting great things for God or simply trying to follow him will encounter consistent satanic opposition, but God will be faithful. Straight up, he will be faithful. He's been faithful to you before, he'll be faithful to you again. That's what he does. And those builders who are working on that wall, those builders who are working on rebuilding that temple, they may think, I'm building this wall for the glory of God. I'm I'm rebuilding this temple. One day, Jesus Christ is going to come to that city who's going to come to that temple, and that is going to be their Messiah. And that is their Savior. Right now, you may be battling, and you may be building, and you don't know what's going to happen. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. We don't need to be afraid of the enemy. We don't need to be afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow. We can trust our Lord today who is battling for us and through us all to his glory. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. 
You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.